Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we have, uh, I would say, one of the most poignant topics yes. I, have, I think we've talked about in a long time. Could be. Speaking of which, have you thought of the word poignant? I was just saying, that's a big word. I don't know so, where that came for from. For being so early in the morning. I've had, a, I've had two cups of coffee, Okay, so maybe that has something to do with it. I'm drinking uh, Coke Zero, so I'm losing brain cells, and you are <laughs> gaining brain cells. I'm <laughs> gaining brain cells. <laughs> poignant is a weird word. Is that a French word? Like, there's a G in there. I want to say poignant. Right. But it's not. I don't know. Where's Dylan at? How do, how do uh, Cajuns say poignant? We don't. Say it. No, we don't. I want to hear you say po- that. Poignant. Poignant? <laughs> I'm not the best. Is uh, it poignet? Maybe, but I'm not I the best judge of how. Nobody asked me how to what pronounce a talking? word, I okay. promise you. So, so the podcast today <laughs> is very poignant. Okay. It is, it is a, it's what a critical do, What do you one. mean by that? What I mean is this is going to hit home with you uh, in a very profound way. Okay, yeah. It's going to be something that it has ripple effects potentially in your family, in your life as a disciple maker, okay. as a believer. Yeah. If you listen to what we're saying today, I'm thoroughly convinced. I'm, I am known for epic overstatements. Yeah, I mean, obviously. you can ask my, my wife. You know, my daughter takes after me. You know, it's the end of the world because I didn't get a you know, Rice Krispie treat. Right. Um, I can make it feel that way. So I can make these kinds of statements. But today I, feel, I actually feel like that is a true statement. Okay. We have a profound topic that could revolutionize It's the one thing that could radically change your home. Well, and the reason is because it's changing our home. Let's be honest. I'm seeing the evidence. Yeah, we're not speaking from a distance or an ivory tower saying we think you could do this, it may work. We're saying this right now is revolutionizing our homes. It's happening as we speak, as a matter of fact. In fact, mine happened last night. And mine happened last Friday morning. Ooh, wow. So what is it we're talking about? Yes. People may be wondering. Please get to the point. We'll do that in 15 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. We, <laughs> we are talking about really discipling your kids. Yes. So first of all, if you don't have kids, you still need to listen to this. Yeah. Because this is going to apply to you. This is going to be something that I feel like you're going to take, and this is really revolutionary for any discipleship group. But if you think about your kids and how you impact them, and, and having a 12-year-old son and 8-year-old daughter, there have been many times I thought, man, am I missing it? Am I doing something wrong? How do you? No one gives you an instruction manual with kids. No. Like, you can go to Amazon and look them up. I've, I've found those, like, what to expect when expecting, what to expect <laughs> after you're expecting, what yeah. to expect the first five years. I mean, all the books, you read about a chapter, and you think, wow, this doesn't help me at all because, yeah, there's some stuff in here, but they never told me this was going to happen. That's right. They never told me this was going to happen. So there's really no manual for how to raise kids. Right. But my fear is, and I think a lot of parents may have this fear, is what happens when my kids, you know, I don't invest in them the way that I want to. Well, there's even no manual for how to disciple our kids. There's definitely Be- no manual for because that. Because yeah. people are getting excited and saying, hey, I want to disciple my kids, but what do I do? So right. that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the one insight, the one mm. practice, the one mindset in a mm-hmm. sense that we find is going to revolutionize your home, but more importantly, one of the reasons you're not discipling your kids. Okay, so right. here's here's the uh, here's the term. Are you ready for it? Oh boy, I am. The term is intentionality. Intentionality. Okay, I know. What that does that mean? I know that may be underwhelming, but <laughs> wait, the, let me take another drink of my coffee before you yeah, explain that. Okay, so the reality is the 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 reason you're not discipling your kids consistently. Now, right. we're not trying to throw uh, you know lumps of coal mm-hmm. on your back and make you feel guilty for not doing it, but the reality is the reason you're not discipling your kids 
yes. is because you're not intentional. Okay, yeah. You are not a manager of your schedule. Your schedule manages you. Uh, you're, you're talking to me specifically because that feels like that's Well, true. that wasn't an attack on you, but I was like just, you were just in front of me. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the reality is uh, many of you are not being intentional with your schedule. Okay, right. You're not being intentional with your kids. So let's think of it this way. Okay, In your average lifetime, here's mm-hmm. a pop quiz. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a child from birth until 18, and really the only time you have to really, I mean, I, I'm going to talk about not intentional, not being intentional when they get out the home because you still can be when they're in college and away. Right. But you have an 18-year opportunity, mm. okay, to disciple your kids. And let's be honest, when you stand before the Lord, yeah, he's not going to ask me or you as pastors, how big was your church? Mm-hmm. He's not going to ask us, how big did you grow that budget at Long Hollow? Uh, how many life groups in the homes, okay? <laughs> he may later down the road, maybe, but I'm, I'm certain of this. He's going to ask every man, you ready for this? How well did you disciple your family? Hmm. How well did you disciple your home? Yeah. And God, I didn't have time is not an excuse. Yeah. God, I was too busy will not be an excuse. I'm just yeah. telling you right now. God, I tried to run an, a, a corporation. You should see the, the, the boat I have at the dock. You should mm. see the bank account I have. You should see the house yeah. in, in the hill. Now, he, he's not going to care about any of that. He'll say, okay, we'll talk about that later. How well did you disciple mm. your family? Well, and I think he's going to ask every parent that question. And then beyond that, I think as ministers, um, one of the challenges I find is I'm always involved in ministry because it's my job. Yeah. So I think ministry is something, as believers, uh, Christ commands us to do. We're given. We know that that is our life. But then you have that next layer where you're on a staff at a church, and you're also doing it as a vocation, so to speak. And so a lot of people do it as a bivocation, if you will. Yeah. Um, everyone's a bivocational minister, I would say, in some way, right? Yeah. But the, the reality is when you're serving in a church, you almost feel like, okay, these things are going to happen because I'm around the church. Yeah because I'm bringing my kids with me to work, because I'm going and doing the things I'm doing, it's just going to happen. Yeah. And the reality is, you just said a while ago, we've got to be intentional. It's not just going to happen. As a matter of fact, we see the opposite a lot of times with, with uh, pastors' kids and church staff kids. It's almost like they go down a whole different track. Well, think of the numbers, and, and I don't know. I've heard this years ago. I don't know if it's still accurate, but I heard a study one time say 70% of pastors' kids, pastors' mm. kids, wow. will walk away from the church after high school and not come back. Mm. May come back later in life, but definitely won't come back in their 20s. Okay, so here's the challenge for us. Here's the challenge right out the gate. Don't let your ministry for Jesus outpace your intimacy with Jesus. Mm. Okay, so your ministry that you do for Jesus is great. Praise God. But remember, being precedes doing. Yeah. Okay. Character precedes conduct. Okay, mm. so don't let the things you do for Jesus outpace your your intimacy with Jesus, and the same goes for your children. Mm. Don't let what you do for God outpace your time with your kids. So think of it this way: yeah. from the time your child is born mm-hmm. until the time they move out the house at eighteen. Which, by the way, that may or may not happen for some, right. but we're just throwing out eighteen because that's eighteen. General. Yeah, yeah. There's some, a lot yeah. of a lot of kids still living. <laughs> some parents are like, "Please move out the house." Yeah, the cliche <laughs> is they're living in the basement. Okay. Like, I don't even have a basement. I wish I had a basement. Right, exactly. But let's just say 18, okay? 18. Because that's when they truly that's, become That's when adult. they're supposed to leave. Right, supposed Society to. Society says you're out of here at 18. How many days do you have with your kids once they're born to the time they're 18? Do you know the number? Um, that's 365 right. times 18. Yes. I know the math. Do you have a, ma- do you have a calculator? Uh, <laughs> 
I have one in my phone. Okay. I've already done the calculation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for doing that. I right? asked the rhetorical question that I knew the yes. answer to. Yes. 6,570 days. Wow. Okay. So here's what you have to think about. The moment your children are born, mm -hmm. are born that number starts to tick down every single day. So you start at the top, and it I'm ticks down. I'm feeling the pressure. Just you, should you should be. You should be. the countdown. It's kind of like the 24 show. Yeah. Where they yeah. click down every you know, 24 uh, hours. Okay, right. so here's the thing. Let's take your, your kids and my mm -hmm. kids. Let's mm -hmm. take your oldest. Your Caden. oldest son's name's Cayman. Yes. Just Caden. made 12 not long ago? He just turned 12 last month. Yes, okay. So this is a great illustration. Cayman is 12. He's going to get wheels at 16 years old. Maybe sooner if we can get some type of exemption. Okay. I'm ready wow. for him to start driving my, my daughter around. Yeah, I don't blame you. I'm ready for him to drive, get the groceries. Go to, go, yeah. I'm ready for him to become my DoorDash. You know what I'm go, saying? <laughs> I want Taco Bell. Cademan, go get it. Wow, that'd save you a lot of money, too, because I'm using DoorDash all the time. <laughs> by the way, if you're not using DoorDash. We, DoorDash does not sponsor this podcast, by the way. No, it does not. But I, if they want to. But I wish no. they would, actually. But anyway, uh, let's say Cademan, let's just say 16, okay, just for yes. example's sake. Right. You have. Four years with Cademan left in the house. Once mm. he gets wheels, he's gone. Right. How many days do you have left? No pressure. How many days do you have left with, with Cademan? Um, if it's four years, the math would be four times 365. <laughs> so I'm thinking somewhere in the uh, – uh, I have no idea. Okay, good. No, that's good, though. That's good. I appreciate the honesty. 1,460 days left in the wow. home. Before he's gone. Okay? In the home or before he has a car? I mean, I'm sorry, before yeah. he has a car. Yeah. But let's just say in the home. Ooh, you're giving me, okay. that's a let lot me of give pressure. You, let me give you, yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Let me give you two more years. Till he's okay. 18. Yeah. If he goes away for college. Okay. Okay. Guess how many days you have left uh, in I'm the home. I'm going to add a couple more on there, maybe 4,000. That's way too much. Way too many. That, that would be good, but you're way out of time. Oh, boy. You're way out of time. Time is short. 2,180 <laughs> oh, days That's left. all I have left. That's all you have left, and he's gone. Rig, our son, he's one, he's one year younger than Cayman. I have with Rig in the home uh, 18. Oh, no, actually, I did the math wrong. See, that's why I don't do math. I'm not good at math either. See, I know I one, one thing I know about math that I feel like is okay. strong Tell multiplication me. is greater than addition. No, that's true. That's it. That's true. Okay. That's all I know. Uh, I just know Rig is not. <laughs> I got a little more time with Rig. Math is completely <laughs> wrong, which is why I should have outsourced that. But the reality is we don't have time. So here's the exercise yes. for those listening. Yes. We'll take a break. The exercise is this. Take the age of your children and try to determine how many days you have till they're 16, hmm. how many days you have until they're 18. Let's just do years. Yeah. You have four years left. Mm. Okay, before Cayman has wheels, I have five. Mm. And once they get wheels, they're gone. You know, I mean, they're in and out the house. So that we, have, we have to look at this as this is an opportunity mm -hmm. and a responsibility we have as parents to invest in them yeah. before they leave. And let's talk how, about what that investment looks like right after this break. Maybe you would like to disciple the people in your church and the families in your church in a way that is very intentional. One of the things we have is the Replicate Equipping Cohort. You can go online and register for this now. It's practical, next-level training with hundreds of other leaders that you can connect with that are in your context. It's over 10 hours of training in addition to the discipleship blueprint that you will get as well. And the best part, I believe, is the monthly coaching call that you get access to for one year. You and hundreds of other pastors in all types of contexts and locations will be able to connect together and converse and discuss the input with our whole team. They have access to our whole team. You 
Tim LaFleur, myself, Gus Hernandez, Candy, uh, as well as others who will cycle through the team to help out. You can find out more about the Replicate equipping cohort at replicate.org. That's replicate.org. And here, let me say one thing about that because this is the key. Many of you listening are saying, I have never been discipled. No one's coached me on how to make disciples and how to lead a movement of discipleship. This is the answer to the biggest obstacle in the church today, which is I've never been discipled. Mm. 65% of pastors, yeah. leaders would say I've never been discipled. This is the answer to help you with that problem. So just yes. encourage you to go. We've had hundreds of, of leaders go through it and many, many more asking. So we're opening that up. You can get into that replicate.org for more information about the Replicate Equipping Cohort. And we're back talking about discipling your family, discipling your kids. And really one of the things we talked about is how, the, how limited our time is mm. and thus how intentional we should be. Yeah. So this year you and I made a conscious decision. We said we are going to disciple our own children. Not that we haven't been discipling them, Right. Because that, that's one of the things I think that is so critical about this question. It's like, I am discipling. I'm taking them to church. They go to their life group or their Sunday school class. I read them the Bible. We have devotions before bed. I pray with my daughter just about every other night, every night, if I can. And, and I mean, there are things happening in our family where we're pouring into them. We're helping them read the Bible, learn, all these things. But is that intentionally discipling your kids? Yeah. That's the question I'd ask myself. Well, that's a question somebody posed to me, or that's a problem somebody posed to me. Years ago, when I was at Brainerd, uh, I started preaching on discipleship shortly thereafter becoming a pastor, and a lady in her mid-60s came up to me and she said, I want you to answer me a question. She said, I was told years ago when I was a, a mother with little kids that if I could bring my kids to church and get them in Sunday school, they would follow the Lord. Hmm. She said, I brought them to church every week. They went to Sunday school through high school, and both of them are far from God and have no desire to serve him. Pastor, what happened? Well, and, and the sad thing is I, uh, I was in student ministry for about a decade, and through that time there were some parents who were intentional. There were some parents who had great heart. They had a great intention, but they honestly felt like the church is here to help me disciple my kids. Yeah. And the reality is the church is here to equip you as a parent yeah. to disciple your kids. Yeah. And so it's almost like a discipleship babysitting setup. I'm going to yeah. swing them by the church. The church is going to take care of them, just like in that scenario we were talking about. And, and then I should come back and they should be discipled. They yeah. should be believers. That, and, and it happens in the home. It doesn't happen at the church. Yeah. And that's a tough thing for a lot of people. to pick Well, up. and here's the thing, if I can just speak freely. You can. Okay. This is your podcast. You okay. can say anything you want. Okay. Well, let me say, I, this is couched in love, <laughs> but let's be honest. Attendance does not equal a maturity. Okay? That's right. Just because you show up does not guarantee you're going to grow. Oh. No. Uh -oh. Okay? So just because you drop your kids off to church mm. on Wednesday night, mm. every Wednesday night, just because they go to summer camp, just because they go to VBF, just because they go to dodgeball, whatever mm. it is does not guarantee sure. that they're going to grow and mature as a Christian, okay? So here's the thing, and if I could just, again, I'm just speaking with a lot of love here. <laughs> the greatest thing you can do for your kids is to put your time with them and intentionality to disciple above T-ball. Okay, I told you I was going to meddle. I told you I was going to meddle. The greatest thing you can do is to put their time with God and growing them as a disciple of Christ above Travel, soccer. Oh boy. Okay. Band practice. Now you're, now you're stepping into drum lessons. Okay. I know you want them to play the piano because you want them to be wild and famous and grow up one day and, and be on TV. But that 
That means I'm, nothing. I've never heard of the wild and famous that piano man, yeah, by that, the way. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Rocket Man? Okay, but anyway. I, I have not. But any, not I haven't either. But anyway. <laughs> but We're imagining these wildly famous, this wildly wild and famous teenagers. piano guy. Yeah, these, Tear well, these keys have up. You, have you seen, uh, what, what is it? Mom, Jerry playing Lee, my cat. Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis. Have you heard of Jerry Lee? But no, anyway. Okay, you got me on that one. Okay, you got yeah. me on that. okay. but the reality is, Okay, so here's what parents say. I say, hey, mom, are you discipling your kids? Dad, you're discipling your kids. Here's what parents say, because we wear this as a badge of honor. Right. What do we, you're the parent, let's role play. Uh, Mr. Swain, yes. you, are you discipling your kids intentionally at home? What do you say? Sure. No, you say no. <laughs> Sorry, let's try that again. Mr. Swain, <laughs> Mr. Swain. Okay, my bad. Are you discipling your kids at home? Uh, no. Why not? Uh, I don't have time. Exactly. Bingo. Okay. You don't have time. So what's happening is parents, listen to me, you're trying to think, how do I fit my discipleship time with my kids mm -hmm. into an already busy schedule with a filled up calendar? Yes. That is not the way you need to think. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Go home today, go home this week with the family, mm -hmm. take the calendar and use a blank calendar, wipe the calendar clean, mm -hmm. put times with God first as a priority and then see what you can fit in around those times. What you're going to find... Well, I know. I already gave you... But I gave you a disclaimer. <laughs> That's true. What, what you're going to find is that you're going to see is traveling for the 27th baseball game this summer in Mount Juliet that much more important than developing a godly man or a godly woman who's going to be mm. sold out to Christ and live their life for Christ the rest of their life. Is my four, do, do I have four years left to train up a Navy SEAL for Jesus, okay, which is intense time of training and equipment. Mm -hmm. I would even say with that number, zero to about 11 mm -hmm. or 10, mm -hmm. yes, you can disciple your kids and invest in them and, and, and you know, live out Christ before that. But the real discipleship happens, I would say, between 10 and 16 or mm -hmm. 10 and 18. So you really only have six or eight years yeah. with them when you can intentionally, or where you can intentionally disciple them yeah. to be, in a sense, a Navy SEAL. I would seal. even say that uh, some studies show that decision-making and like outlook on life is developed even before 15. Like oh, your man. main way that you're going to go in terms of how you're going to uh, not necessarily believe, but like the decisions you're going to make and the way you respond to others is even younger. Well, did you hear the new, I just heard a new study last week. Uh, it said that a per the personality of your children is developed before the age of four. Wow. Think of the pressure of that. Now, that's pretty scary. Golly. You can't disciple your three-year-old, I'll be honest. No, you can't, but but they're wa <laughs> But here's the thing. They are watching, they're watching you, you. That's right. and they're seeing what they yeah. can get away with, and they're emulating that kind of personality. Well, we have a lot more to talk about on this topic because I think we need to walk through what discipling your kids looks like. Oh, yeah, we will. And, uh, and so we're going to do another, a part two to this podcast. But I do want us to just kind of wrap it up with you kind of summarizing um, all the things we've talked about here is really creating that urgency about being intentional with your kids. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy for us to say, hey, make baseball second, make football second, make, you know, the honor roll second. Good. But what I think the challenges with parents, and as a parent I can say this, is, man, we want our kids to succeed in life. Yeah. 
And, and somehow, mentally, we've kind of made it to where, well, these are the real things that they've got to deal with. Yeah. And these are things that they'll just be dealing with their whole life when it comes to spiritual stuff. Yeah. So what is it that we can do to just maybe even an action step to say, what, what do we have, how do we have to shift our thinking to where we can become more intentional as disciple-making parents? Yeah, uh, and I would say, okay, I'm going to tell you a story. But before I do that, you got me thinking about something. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, we are te- – see, the reason kids, I think, one of the reasons – Kids today, you know, I think the number is 68 percent. Is that right? 65, 68 percent of high school students. This is an actual fact. High school students walk away from the ministry or walk away from the church after high school. And I think one of the reasons that the people to blame are the boomers and the um, and what is our Gen X? Gen X. Yeah, we're Gen X and boomers. The Gen X and boomer uh, generation basically taught our kids Mm -hmm. that football and summer league and soccer ball is more important than church activities because Mm -hmm. here's what you're doing mom listen by you saying we don't have to go to church we can go travel for baseball you're instilling in your kids what's important Mm -hmm. at a young age so why would they not choose football games on Sunday and night games on Saturday Mm -hmm. at the expense of coming to church okay so that that's one of the problems but here's here's what got me um, when I came to Long Hollow, I had a pretty busy traveling schedule with Replicate. I would speak at different events, and I love to do that. But it was the combination of traveling. And I wouldn't miss many Sundays because I would travel on my off days. So I would leave on Thursday. I would travel on Friday. I would speak either Friday or Saturday morning, fly back f- Saturday night, preach on Sunday, and then I would do that again. I did that multiple times throughout the year. And I could do that in a sense because my boys were young. So when Rig and Ryder were little, I would leave the home, and they would stand at the door, and they would say, Daddy, bring me back a toy. Bring me back a toy. And they'd call me on the phone. Don't forget the toy. When Rig hit eight or nine, he stopped saying, bring me back a toy. Guess what he started saying? You come back. I want you back. (laughs) Yeah. I want you to come back. Hmm. Okay? So that was part of it. A friend of mine, Jimmy Scroggins, who's a pastor in Florida, uh, came to preach for me at Long Hollow. I was in town. I hung out with Jimmy after church, and I asked him this question. We were eating lunch, and I, I said, Jimmy, you're an amazing speaker. God has gifted you to preach and teach. I don't see that you travel much. Like, you don't travel and preach much. Why? And his response was, because I have too many kids. I think Jimmy has, like, nine kids, seven or nine kids. I think it's nine. Yeah. And Jimmy says, God has called me first to be a father, before he's called to be a preacher, traveling preacher. And I, I was pretty convicted about that, but Jimmy continued. Uh-oh. He said... You'd had enough, but he offered a little more. I had, it was unsolicited, but he kept going. And he said, he said, Robbie, he said, um, I want you to look at those two boys over there. He said, you're right now. People want you to come speak. People want you to travel. People want you for their agenda. They're going to hire you for their event to come help their event be better. He said, they like you now, but one day they won't. One day you're going to fizzle out, and then there'll be the next thing that comes along. He says, but I want you to look at those two boys, 10 and 8. They're going to love you the rest of your life. When you're in a nursing home, they're going to come see you. When you're in the hospital, they're going to come see you. When your life falls apart, when all the rest have forgotten you, they'll come see you. So I was still pretty, pretty you know, convicted about it, but Jimmy wasn't done. <laughs> There was a third layer. There was a third layer. Apparently, I'm a slow learner. So Jimmy (laughs) walks over to the couch before we leave. He calls the two boys together. Up to this point, they were flipping and jumping and fighting and nerf wars. I've seen that before. Which is typical Gallaty home. Okay. But at this time, by God's grace, they're locked in. Jimmy gets on his knees, and he says, boys, Pastor Jimmy wants to tell you something. 
I'm standing behind Jimmy over his shoulder. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy looks at the boys and he says, let me tell you something. You see this man right here? Uh, he travels a lot. He speaks. He's written books. And, you know, people want to hear from him. And he's got a church that he's ministering to. But none of that means anything compared hmm. to his love for you. And here's what he said to Regan Ryder. He said, this man right here loves you two more than anything in this world. He wants the best for you more than anything. So what am I doing? I'm starting to tear up. Like, it's like an emotional God time. You know, hmm. so I'm starting to tear up in the back trying to wipe tears. And so Jimmy leaves, and it affected me. Hmm. And here's what I realized. What good is it if I win in the ministry of the church and lose in the ministry of my home? Hmm. A lot of pastors, a lot of leaders listening right now, you are winning outside the home mm -hmm. and you are losing in the home. And here's the reality. You still lose. You can lose your church and you'll still have your family. Watch mm -hmm. this. If you lose your family, you lose both. Wow. That's a good word. And I might add poignant. That's the definition. Like that story that. is the definition. It's full circle. I like that. <laughs> so if you enjoyed the podcast today, do us a favor, share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.